Hey, it's Kelly here. And so many of the leaders I've spoken with on Curveball have found themselves at one time or another in an impossible situation. And sometimes they've pulled through. But what about those times when you just can't pull a rabbit out of a hat? How do you know when it's time to call time? Running any business or company involves the fine art of juggling when to push beyond the limits and when to call it quits. As Kenny Rogers saying, you've got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. Take Maureen Hortmont and her husband Rob Malachy, for example. They run AIM Overseas, a company that specialises in student travel experiences. You can imagine the sort of chaos they were faced with when COVID hit and the borders slammed shut. Their business relies on overseas students who could no longer come to Australia. And so for us, we were closing applications for all those programs by September for a January intake. It, it was very obvious very quickly that um, we weren't going to have the lead time and financially we weren't going to be able to cope. So then we're starting to make calculations. What if we drop programs? What if we only retain a handful of programs? What if we retain a handful of staff? What if we move the office back home and try to work from our living room? So we started doing all sorts of calculations to see what was potentially feasible and at what cost. But what came into the equation as well was the fact that we already had to reimburse all the students who had applied for that coming July. So we already had about $600,000 worth of fees to reimburse to students. Maureen has this expression that she loves, which is, you don't get to choose the cards you're dealt. You only get to choose how to play them. And in the situation we were faced with in March 2020, when we really sat down and went through the details, it was really obvious that there was a big fire front bearing down on our little business and, and there was just no way out. And so for us, as painful and as hard as that decision was, it was the right decision. Who made the final call and were you in agreement when you made it? We were in agreement with when we made it. Um, I voiced it, and Rob very much agreed that that in that sense it was a an easy decision uh, because once we'd once it was a hard decision from an emotional point of view, um, it was an easy decision from uh, a practical standpoint in terms of looking at numbers and being in agreement. Michael Fox remembers the exact day he decided to pull down the shutters on his business Shoes of Prey. He'd scout his company, making custom-made shoes via this online portal, all the way from Sydney to the US. But one day they checked the figures and realised, well, growth had kind of plateaued and they were burning through too much cash. It was a... Uh beautiful sunny day as they all are in Santa Monica outside sitting there kind of end of year doing our analysis on how the year had gone and looking at the numbers and going yeah this is not working we've actually don't have that much you know money left in the bank we've probably got about six months runway at the rate that we're that we're burning the cash the Nordstrom stores are not performing uh, where they should be yeah what the hell are we going to do this is this is not good What's happening in that conversation, you and Jody? Like, what are you saying to each other? What are you thinking? What are you thinking inside your own head? I think that conversation was with Jody, our chief operating officer, Chris, uh, and maybe one or two of our board members on the phone on a call. And I mean, it was pretty depressing. Like, we were going into 
the sort of holidays where, you know, you, you're kind of, it's been a tough year and you're expecting to relax. And then we're looking at the numbers and adding all this up. And, you know, this has been building up over time, but I think that was kind of when we had the final realization, like, okay, we've done everything that our customer research said that we should do. We're delivering on, on exactly what the customer had asked for, but it's not working. So something's not right here. So, so yeah, it was then it was the realization that, okay, well, our December and January is going to be, we're going to have to work out what's wrong and work out, is it possible to fix or can we pivot the business? So $35 million worth of investment. What's the phone call to the VC mob like? Yeah, that's a not not a fun, not a fun one, not one that I was looking forward to. Um, the good thing along the way is we'd we'd been communicating with our investors along the way. They'd been on the journey with the strategy of going after the mass market segment, but picking up the phone to call Blackbird Ventures and Mike Cannon Brooks and and some of our other investors and sort of say to them, yeah, hey, we're we're really sorry. Yeah, this whole strategy that we've gone after it's just not working, and we can't see a way to pivot out of it. You know, it looks like we're going to have to either try and sell the assets of the business or or close the business down. Yeah, that's not a not a enjoyable phone call to have to make because that's yeah, that's a lot of money. It's pretty heartbreaking, right? But sometimes a door closes and another one opens, which is exactly what happened for Michael Fox, who went on to establish the company Fable Foods. They make vegetarian meat from mushrooms. And you can go back and listen to the full episode with entrepreneur Michael Fox. It's in your Curveball podcast feed right now. It was the same for Justin Dry of online wine retailer Vino Mofo. He made a big mistake selling down a stake in his company. But he did something unexpected to open the next chapter. That's next on Curveball. From Dead Set Studios, this is Curveball. It's a show about leading in challenging times, and I'm Kelly Reardon. How do you know when it's time to call time out? Business is such a roller coaster. The highs are extreme, the lows can be so very demoralizing. You do need to persevere when times are tough. But how do you know when to surrender because you just can't make it work? Justin Dry, he's the boss of Vino Mofo, and he thought he'd nailed it when he sold a large stake to Catch of the Day. But the deal didn't grow Vino Mofo the way they'd hoped. So Justin had to call time out on his relationship with the investors. This is our everything. You know, this is this is means so much to us, um, but it's so small in comparison to the engine that was Catch that um, we're like, where does this leave us? So then we chatted to Gabby, um, who, you know, was so, still... So hang on, just to sorry. stop there. The, your head, you know, your head is in your hands at this point, right? This baby that you've built, all the incarnations, you sell off a big chunk. You must be thinking, oh, my God, what the hell have we done? You guys decide to call Catch of the Day founder Gabby and and what, beg for your stake back? Like, what What did you say? We walked upstairs um, to Gabby's bigger office and um, said, can we chat? And uh, just said, look, here's um, what we're thinking. Um, you know, obviously we're, we're tiny in comparison. Focuses are changing. We love this business. Um, we'd like to buy it back. 
and so he was he was like you know up until then he was like, uh, his I, I love Gabby he's, he'll say he says some crazy stuff but I love him um, and he will just go and he just said uh, up until that point he was like oh you know we're, we're very small and it's not really a focus but at that point when we're like oh can we buy it back he was like Oh, it's going to cost well, you a pretty yeah, it's penny. Gonna, yeah, it's really it's, growing. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It went from a few like... few extra zeros since yeah, yeah. I sold it, uh, bought yeah. it from you. Yeah, yeah. It's like it, it went from one of the problem <laughs> children to like one of the star performers, apparently. Um, it's like, well, that's going to be expensive. And we're like, ugh. <laughs> and without, without sort of, I don't want to put you to name figures here, but like in terms of, can you give me a sense of the scale that you had to buy it back at as opposed well, to selling it? Like, was it really crippling? <laughs> oh no no! But we gave everything back, you know, like yeah, and and we brought in uh, we brought in investors to manage um, that as well. So we brought in twenty five percent investors in the company to help us, um, and you know the uh, founders all gave money back um, uh, that they'd uh, taken on the acquisition part of it, and so you know we went in. I think I think by the time the deal got done, our revenue was about four and I think we left at eight um, so it was it, like it, it grew a hundred percent but we were pretty much on that trajectory anyway uh, and you know there wasn't the, the crossover in customers so we were kind of on that path regardless um, obviously the media attention and the fact that we're now part of the big boys in that kind of e-com space kind of helped with you know negotiation resource etc but we didn't actually draw any money i don't think um into the business there wasn't a crossover in customers so we we're kind of on the trajectory anyway um so yeah i guess we went in at four and came out at eight or thereabouts um so we gave all the money back and got some other money in to help um and did the deal which i'm forever thankful for you know gabby and hezzy they understood their founders they're like we get it you know, and probably you're pretty small, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> so it worked out in the end for Justin Dry, but it did mean him having the courage to walk away from a deal that wasn't working rather than throwing good money after bad. And if you have a story of how you've called time or maybe how you've thrived precisely because you did walk away from your dream, we'd love to hear it. Send me an email to hello at deadsetstudios.com. To listen to more inspiring leaders like Justin Dry or Michael Fox, just follow Curveball in your favourite podcast app so you're alerted whenever we put out a new episode. And we also love reviews. Please do tell others and tell us how much you enjoy Curveball. I'm also building a community around the podcast via a newsletter. If you follow me, Kelly Reardon, on LinkedIn and go to the Featured section, you can subscribe to the Curveball newsletter. This episode was produced by Liam Reardon at Deadset Studios. Curveball's executive producers are Rachel Fountain and me, 